BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Did you vote? Were you feeling good, or were you like our producer, Eric Aguilar? Okay, I gotta go vote. Ugh. God, that just feels so daunting. Ugh. Okay. Erica likes to vote on election day, and this time she did it reluctantly. Not because she's against voting, but because she figures voting in the Bay Area is like preaching to the choir. And she's just not sure about how much her vote matters, especially when voters are dividing themselves into the extremes. Like, if the Republicans win, we know how this is going to turn out. If the Democrats win, we know there's just going to be more screaming and fighting. It's still too early to tell, but voter turnout for a midterm election in California may have broken a record. I think it's because of how emotional people were about this one. Today, we try to gauge the feelings of Bay Area voters, the frustrated and the more optimistic. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Hello. Hello, Monica. Monica Semayo was out Tuesday morning talking to voters in her hometown of Antioch. There were a lot of feelings heading into the midterm elections. Some people in the Bay Area were optimistic and others not so much. In the last midterms, I remember it was crickets in Antioch. There wasn't that many people at the polling places. So my day started at 7 a.m. I'm in the in a booth with four other people, so it's like the small table. And I just remember the table kept shaking. People were like really putting in, you know, this is my vote. And it's just like circle, 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 circle. I turn in my ballot and um, the machine says I was number 14 to vote that morning. I was like, cool. After I voted, I decided I'm just going to talk to people at my polling place. What do you hope um, would come out of this election? You know, we all have the power to, to change, um, you know, what's going on in the world. So we just have to go out and, you know, vote and make that change. So I talked to a first-time voter who was 30. I didn't know what to expect. Like, I pictured it being, like, a dark booth, like, a sheet that you, like, put over, but it's, like, open. And I asked him, you know, you're 30 and it's your first time voting. Why did you wait until now to vote? Was there a reason why? He's like, I was so anti-voting. Until Donald Trump got into office and seeing how racist things have gotten na- nationwide, it's, I just couldn't keep, I couldn't complain and not vote. Another woman, it was a couple, um, her name was Naomi, her husband's name was um, Jorge, and I was like, hey, um, I just want to know if I can talk to you guys after, and she's like, yeah, um, only I'm voting, he's not. 
And I, I kind of stepped back. I was like, what? Why did you come out and vote? Uh, well, I seen how like only a few votes can impact the last election and stuff like that. So I wanted to, you know, vote to make sure I get my voice in there a little bit. I try to. <laughs> so she's explaining to me this. And so I turned to her husband. OK, now I want to ask you. I said, OK, why your wife just gave a beautiful statement of why it's so important to vote. Why aren't you voting? Uh, the reason I don't want to vote is because I feel that, like, no matter if we vote or don't vote, like, somehow, some way, it's going to be driven to the way that basically white America basically wants it, and it's just going to start another argument. But with these votes, I don't want to, like, I don't know. It just I kind of gave up on it in a certain way, you could say. I mean, it sounds like what he's saying is that the system's rigged in the favor of white people, and that's the way it's always been, and he doesn't think it's ever going to change. Yeah, I mean, he said, you know, my parents are immigrants. He's like, my dad's from Mexico, my mom's from Nicaragua, and he explained, you know, the politics in those countries as well, and though they've been in war for years, you know, and the you see with the caravan, the migrant caravan that's coming here, those people are suffering so much and that's why they want to come here. But he he did mention, you know, you get here, those families come here and it's still not that much better for immigrants. So that's why he kept saying, like, my vote still doesn't matter. Yeah, I get the vote, but I just it won't make a difference. A record number of people registered to vote in California for these midterms, almost 20 million. One big thing people were watching is whether the Democrats would take control of the House. And one of those key House races was in the Central Valley. On Tuesday night, it was too close to call between Republican Jeff Denham and Democrat Josh Harder. And the reason, Denham said, was because of Bay Area residents. When you have 3,000 people bust in over a weekend, and uh, we've had a lot of people register to vote on the day of the election, I think you really have to question uh, the outside influences that try to come in and persuade a district like this. A lot of Bay Area residents feel like when they vote, it's sort of pointless because of how politically aligned people are here. So a group's been commuting east to campaign in the District 10 race. KQED's Guy Marzarati went to the Central Valley before Tuesday's election to find out why people from the Bay Area were there. And here's what he found. My name is Cody McMurtry. And what brought you uh, out here today? Yeah, well, so for me, it was like after 2016, I, I just realized a lot of the things that I really care about are at stake and that I didn't do anything to, you know, do my part, basically. And I felt bad about that as just as a citizen. Yeah, I can ask you, too. I'm with uh, Guy Marzarati. I'm with KQED. Oh, hi. Going? Nice <laughs> to meet you. Yeah. Hi, I'm looking for folks from the Bay Area who yeah. have come out to help out and volunteer San today. Carlos. Brisbane. Brisbane. Awesome. And what was your name? Judy Durkak. And what brought you out today? Oh, my goodness. The resistance. We have to fight back. And um, so we're very invested in getting... Josh Harder, the Democrat running for Congress in this district, elected so we can get more Democrats in the House of Congress. And is this your first time out to the district? Have you been involved in the, the campaign? Uh, this is my first time canvassing in a very long time. I did it when I was younger. Since Trump has been elected, it has motivated me to get re-involved in canvassing. 
And I've heard from a lot of people, you know, in the Bay Area, we don't have any really close districts uh, in Congress. Exactly. That's why we're out here. This is a, this is our sister district, meaning our closest district that is more conservative and red that we're trying to turn blue. Not everybody was happy about people from the Bay Area coming to the Central Valley to campaign. This is Mary Park, who's the San Joaquin County Republican Party chairwoman. There's been a lot, so much talk in the campaign, um, and I've heard it from the congressman that the, you know th- there's influence from outside of the district, uh, you know, working against them, whether that's from the Bay Area or elsewhere. Like, what? It is because I've run across it. I've I've gone to the store and at different shopping centers and plazas. And I'll say, oh, where, where are you from? And some of them are from Berkeley. Some of them are Oakland. But Not the all, district. They were in the other side of the hill where our values are so much different on this side of the hill. So, You know, what are some examples of that where there's, you know, such a difference between there and here? Well, I consider our side of the hill more family-oriented where um, we... It's, we feed the country. We grow a lot of crops. So if we lose our water and stuff, how are we going to feed the people here, let alone people around the world? So it's like in the Bay Area, well, let's just say they have their own way of living. And, and I'm not against it, but, you know, don't take our rights away either. The extreme polarization of our politics has turned a lot of people off. I understand why people are so frustrated, including a friend of Monica's. Monica was out interviewing people at the polls, and then she stopped by her friend's house, assuming that he was going to vote. Hey, Devin. So I'm in downtown Concord, and I'm on my way to go see a really good friend of mine who just told me he hasn't voted. His name is Stefan Kajopai, and I knew he was home. So I called him like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Oh, nothing. I said, have you voted? No. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to vote. And I was like, well, is it okay if I come over and we talk about it? He's like, sure. <laughs> so you just, you just said, hey, we're going to talk about this. The reason why this was interesting to me is that he's the person I go to for advice or difficult decisions. So I was like shocked to know that he wasn't voting. I'm pulling up to his house right now, and I'm going to find out why. So we finally sit down and we're talking, and I get the sense where he's just like, my one vote isn't going to matter. There's too much bickering. Personally, I hate politics in general. There's too much drama going on between Democrats and the Republicans. He's like, why can't there just be you know, a middle ground for it? To me, politicians act like bickering children in the sense where one side wants one thing, the other side wants one thing, but they can never come together as adults and meet somewhere in the middle. It always has to be, you know, in the extremes. We're seeing more polarization. We're seeing in a lot of ways that facts don't matter. And it sounds like your friend is very much about facts or at least understanding the full picture and making making decisions that way most people vote based on how candidates make them feel it's based on sentiment do you know if he ended up voting no he didn't he didn't no before we let you go here are some of the local races and ballot measures that the bay has told you about and others that just caught our eye Former San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom will be our next governor. He was running against a Republican, enough said. 
In Oakland, incumbent Mayor Libby Schaff won a second term. In District 15, representing the East Bay, Buffy Wicks was leading Javanka Beckles with a majority of precincts reporting. In San Francisco, Proposition C passed with 60% of the vote. It taxes the city's largest corporations to raise hundreds of millions of dollars a year for homelessness. A state ballot measure to allow cities to enact stronger rent controls failed. To get updates on the elections, visit kqed.org slash elections. Thanks to Guy Marzarati and Monica Semayoa for being in the field collecting interviews. The Bay is produced by Erica Aguilar and editor Vinny Tong. Senior editors are Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you Friday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.